Higher Things thanks you for your support. Please continue to support the work we do with youth by going to our website at higherthings.org, clicking on support and donating securely through PayPal. Your gift helps us in our mission to support pastors, youth workers, and parents in daring our church's youth to be Lutheran. Welcome to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And I, I'm just going to uh, give a warning and apologize in advance. The The cold bug that's been going around this winter is nasty and evil. I woke <laughs> up with more stuff. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm apologizing for. Uh, I woke up with stuff. Thomas has got stuff. Oh, this yeah. is, I, I love my new mic, but but ironically, it doesn't have a mute button on it. It's the one thing I dislike about it. I, I don't have a, a cough button at hand, as it were. So mm-hmm. so I'm not going to try and cough too much. It's the same thing with the new mics we got at the church. They're, they're lovely, but, but if I want to cough, I have to actually shut the little wireless thing off. And the thing is, it has like a half second lag oh, from when no. I turned it off. And just with the, the like, sometimes it gets a big boom, and then <laughs> then just quietly past your coughs up front. So. Mm-hmm. But we are That's we funny. are again in the ooh now now what we have here is is something that is actually meant to be singing. I I, I noticed or sung ooh, bad grammar something that is meant to be sung mm-hmm. and. and Man, if I try to sing right now, I'm just going to open up my lungs and more stuff is going to come out. So we won't sing it, right, Thomas? <laughs> yeah, no I'm, my lungs are shot for that purpose as well, so I'm giving right. up. But we are in the book of Judges, and we're starting Judges chapter 5. We're going to go over the, the song of Deborah and Barak. So, But uh, any, anything about life, the universe, and or anything before we uh, dive on in? You know, you mentioned the the verb sing there at Rebecca and Ronan, and I saw that uh, movie Sing last night. It was quite quite entertaining. Just random thought then using the word. That's oh. how delirious I am, which is good. Okay. This will make for good yeah. good radio. I, I, I take my children to go see things like Rogue One. In fact, uh, <laughs> Victor, my, my son who was in preschool, they had to bring something that started with the letter D to class. Mm. And so he he brought his Darth Vader mask and a, a yes. Darth Vader jacket that has a hoodie over it. So so apparently at some point he's going to run around preschool pretending he's Darth Vader. Actually, more to the point, he likes to take off the mask very slowly and go. All right. See, I'm actually Victor. <laughs> so, but that's where we're at. So, anything love, else? Love it. Uh, nope, nope. <sighs> let's let's do this thing. All right, dive on in, Thomas. Okay. So. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on that day, that the leaders, <clears throat> in quotes, I guess I should preface first two here, in quotes then, that the leaders took the lead in Israel, that the people offered themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes, to the Lord I will sing, I will make a melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. Okay, okay, did, did you notice the, the little nuance of the very first line of the song? 
I nuance in the sense that it, that's exactly what didn't happen in this specific episode. Well, well, no, no, no. The leaders finally did take lead. Barack finally did lead. But note that the people offered themselves willingly. The, True. The, the people went willingly. They didn't drag their feet. Uh, but finally, the leaders got around to doing their job. So we'll thank God. Nice. It's a little. It it it's it's self deprecating at at Barack, and I'll say self deprecating because it does point that he sings this with Deborah. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a confession here. It's that I needed strength and a good kick to do what God had called me to do. But I'm thankful that God brought me to accomplish His tasks, and I'm also thankful for the fact that. I didn't have to give too many swift kicks to people down the line because they actually did things willingly. So, so it, it really is a profound observation and it's a good thing to give thanks for. So excellent. Okay. All right. So we're singing. Okay. Lord, uh, verse four, <clears throat> Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped. Yes. The clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, even Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, just briefly, are they speaking of when they went out to battle just now? Because if, if they're talking about rain that happened when they were fighting these iron chariots, that might help explain some of the, the victory that happened, I suppose. Well, uh, from from Sire, from, from Edom, that's actually hearkening back to uh, the Exodus. Ah, okay. And, okay. and, and remember, that's going to be the start of the basis for, for uh, most proper Israelite praise. I am the Lord your God who did what? Brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So mm-hmm. as you did in the days leading us out of Egypt, so to today, in the past and even on to today, you have continued to defend us. Excellent. Okay. So. All right. Uh, verse 6. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned and the travelers kept to the byways. The villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel when new gods were chosen. Then war was in the gates. Was spear, uh, shield or spear to be seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. Now, no, no, look, she, she puts the simple fact. If you have a, a following of false gods, things are going to go bad. Mm-hmm. But yet, God will bring up someone to... Restore Israel to to bring us back to the way. Sometimes it might be a mother coming to a. Well, well let's just uh, Thomas. Were there times in your youth when your mother instructed you and brought you back into the way you should go? Yeah, my earlobes might be a little bit longer today for as a result. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, same same here. I mean that. So that's what Deborah's playing off. Of, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So, sometimes it's the father who gets the folks back in line. Sometimes uh, the mother does it. All right. There we go. Good deal. Tell of it, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way, to the sound of musicians at the watering places, there they repeat the righteous triumphs of the Lord, the righteous triumphs of his villagers in Israel. Then down to the gates march the people of the Lord. Oh, wait. You good? Keep going. Oh, take one more. Take one more. One more. All right. Verse 12. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Break out in a song. Arise, Barak. Lead out your captives, uh, lead away your captives, O son of Abinoam. Now, quick, Thomas, what is a triumph? Uh, a victory, a, um, 
a a winning, if you will. <laughs> in particular, it is the victory parade. That is the the oh. the triumph, the the arc de triomphe in France is where the victory parades are always held. You march around that, mm-hmm. and so what what do you lead in a if you're going to have a good victory parade? What do you have? You have the 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 heroes, the musicians singing and praising the heroes, and then you have the captives, both your own captives who have been taken and you've rescued and restored, so yay, the, the the prisoners of war come home, but then also those you have defeated and are now your captives. Okay. So so this is that, you're, you're getting the whole setup of, of who do you have coming in in a captivity following along. Okay, perfect. So. Now, I this this comes up as a question then, and maybe this is best saved for after we've gone through the entire song. But Rebecca and uh, Ronan and I right now are, are reading a bedtime story every night. We're reading through uh, the Chronicles of Perdane. Um, the Chronicles have, of what? Perdane. It's a contemporary, written by Lloyd Alexander, contemporary of you know Lewis and Tolkien and these guys, but never okay. kind of reached the critical fame that they did. Anyway, there's a, a phrase that comes up over and over and, and associated with this idea that, oh, the, the bards will sing of our, of our either victory here or at least our striving our, of our sing of our honor here for, for mm-hmm. generations. Right. Is this song itself kind of playing on that idea? And could you maybe comment a little bit further on this idea of a song to commemorate the triumph that you were just talking about? All right. This actually, I, I'm going to go slightly far afield and wander on this mm-hmm. just a bit. Um, we, 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 okay. The word gospel is good message, good news. Mm-hmm. In the ancient world, the way you really did good news was you wrote a song about it. I mean, that, that's what the bards did. They, they came and gave songs of triumph and victory. That's what, what the Odyssey and the Iliad are. Sing in me muse and I will tell the story of the greatest fire of the island. I mean, that, okay. that, that's the point. So, so it, it's one thing to tell a good story. It's another thing to sing it. So if it's been put into song, then it really is a, a good tale. It is good news. So, so basically the idea of breaking forth in song means that it's doubly worthy of, of uh, praise, which is why you also get that sing to the Lord. I mean, cause, cause that's, that's celebratory. That is proclaiming the goodness that God has done. Excellent. So, or, or the goodness of what, well, okay. Brave Sir Robin ran away, bravely <laughs> ran away. I, the, the point of having the bard sing, well, they're supposed to sing your praises and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. Does that work? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, shed right. some light here. Cool. So then verse 13. Then down marched the remnants of the noble. The people of the Lord marched down from me against the mighty. From Ephraim, their route, they marched down into the valley. Following you, Benjamin, with your kinsmen. From Makir marched down the commanders. And from Zebulun, those who bear the lieutenant's staff. The princes of Issachar come with Deborah, and Issachar faithful to Barak. Into the valley they rushed at his heels. Among the clans of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling of, for the flocks? Among the clans of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he stay with the ships? Asher sat still by the coast of the sea, staying by his landings. Zebulun is a people who risked their lives to the death. Naphtali, too, on the, field, on the heights of the field. Now, 
Deborah is giving honor due where honor is due. She she's listing off the tribes who actually went, but she's also thrown some uh some shade at the tribes that could have showed <laughs> up and didn't. Uh-huh. <clears throat> now th- this is one thing that that we don't think of because we don't have any direct connection to any of these tribes. If I if I were to say which tribe are you, Thomas? Uh, I'm not one. None of the above. The second chapter of the Iliad. The second book uh-huh. is the great tale of all the, the the armies of the Greeks who were there at Troy and, and where they're from and how many ships they brought. And to the modern reader, it's utterly tedious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was actually the most popular one in the ancient world because that's where you're from. Those are those are your ancestors. That that that's that's that, that's my people. That's their place there. That was their tie. So, so the listing of the names was kind of important in the sense that it, it was an actual tie. It was a real tie. It, it, it meant that me who is listening and I am of the tribe of Benjamin, this is actually my story. So, so you mean it's kind of like Rebecca and I went to Lahoma for a family reunion on her dad's side recently, and we saw the plaque there in the, uh, in the park area that lists right. all the gentlemen who went out to war in World War One, II, Korea, et cetera. And you can look on there and see Rebecca's family members. That's who right. I'm from, is what you're saying. Or or may, another way to think of it might be for like Civil War stuff. Uh-huh. And, and it's like, oh, it's the 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 third Illinois infantry. Well, well, that was from this region where we grew up in. So when you right. when you hear them mention like, oh, oh, that that that's that's my people now. Now that doesn't quite work in Oklahoma because you're like before the Civil War and all that, but but I mean that that's an idea. It, it 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 takes what happened long ago and gives you a concrete tie right now today. Okay. Now you mentioned two things that I thought were interesting. You mentioned the word honor and you mentioned the Iliad. Would you go a step further? And since we're talking about the honor given to certain members of the tribe and the honor kept from others who maybe stayed with the ships, so to speak. Um, can you talk about the ancient world's view on honor and especially as it pertains to combat and things? Ah, uh, T- Thomas is smiling while he asks this question because he, he knows where I'm going to go. <laughs> <coughs> the word for honor is not just a, a respect word. Honor is your share of the plunder, your share of the loot in the ancient world. If you go to battle, you gain honor at that that is you gain plunder so and if you were of of great valor in fighting you might get an extra share of the plunder uh this comes up in this is the base of the problem the iliad because what happens is briseis is the serving girl that achilles had won as the spoil of his wars all right you you were the best of us achilles you get to pick the first slave girl yay i take briseis and then king agamemnon takes briseis away and and Achilles is upset and he sulks because he has stolen my honor. That was the honor that was bestowed upon. That was the sign of my valor. Now, uh, to say if they did not go to fight, they have no honor is just not saying, oh, they're not respectable. It's no, you missed out on the plunder, guys. Uh-huh. You, 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 get no, you get no gold, jewels, new workers. You, you don't get any of that. So, so, or to be dishonored is to be bereft of your stuff. Not just your your good reputation. The they were much more nuts and bolts in terms of what honor is in the ancient world. It's like, well, at least I have my pride. No, 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 no. That's not honor. Honor is stuff. <laughs> so none of these uh, microaggressions and, and feelings yeah. and all this ooey gooey stuff. It was hardcore. Sh- 
Solid. Show me what you have. Honor was tangible uh-huh. rather than than a uh, ephemeral or how I feel about myself. Excellent. Okay. Cool. All Thank right. you. Are we about ready for break now? Is that the, the the time has come? Oh yeah. Thanks for keeping me on that. I was I was involved in your answers there. Yes. We'll go ahead and jot away to a break now and come back for verse nineteen. And we are back on the Gospel Boldly Podcast, and we're going to get ready to go to the backward life. But before we do that, I, I do want to bring up one thing. Uh, hey, Thomas, mm-hmm. what does the name Timothy mean? The name Timothy. Oh, you had to hit me with Timothy. that. Timothy. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, it's it's there's honor in there. I'm hearing it. Yeah. Honor of God. God's honor. They as in theos. Okay. Yes. And that... That doesn't mean, oh, look how honorable our God is, but I am the honor of God. That is, I am the possession of God showing his triumph. Nice. Ah, so it's not just, God is so cool, he's all, no, no, it's no, I, I, I'm God's possession. I'm his honor. He, I, I am the prize he won when, when Christ Jesus went to the cross and suffered and died. Sweet. Or the, the fullness of that. At least that's what I'd contend. So, all right, there, there you go. So. Now, now Thomas is going to do the honorable thing and ask me a question. <laughs> All right, I just changed that usage. So. Yeah, but we're, yeah, you're equivocating Tom, a bit now. Thomas is going to uh, bring up something, and we'll, we'll take it at a, a backwards angle. So what would he have for us today, Thomas? All right. So uh, in this case, we're going to talk about Christians should listen to, I'll say edifying music, and maybe we can approach it that way, but you, you do also get the idea in certain Christian spheres that Christians should only listen to Christian music. None of that uh, pop stuff, none of that rock stuff, unless it's infused with Christian uh, doctrine. I mean, doctrine would even be a strong word for some of those songs. But uh, the whole, um, yeah, I'll let you go from there because I, I think I might know where you're going and I don't want to spoil or ruin your thunder. Well, okay. Now, now, my first thought is, why were you listening to that trashy sing movie? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't watched it. I don't know. I, okay. Now, they but, have a Billy Joel cover in there that is phenomenal. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Oh, yeah. So, all right. I'm going to ask or, or take this this way. Um, I've been rereading, and, and we're, we're studying in Bible study here at the church, uh, Luther's Letter to the German Nobility, which is written 1520. is about the... Uh, reform of the church. And he, Luther calls upon the nobles to, to step up and lead and as good laymen to, to look at the church. And one of the things he makes, one of the things he says is that the way the church had been running abuse is that it had made a distinction. It said, well, if you're really spiritual, you're going to be a monk or you're going to be a clergyman. And these people are of a different quality than those who are not rather than just like a baker or a king or a or a, a miner or a farmer or whatever. That that if you really want to be Christian, you have to be up here doing the churchly thing. Mm-hmm. Um music is an art form. And and is it good to use that art to glorify God? Yeah, sure. I I, I we, we do that all the time in church. But music is no less a gift of God if it deals with beauty and truth and love and and things that are good first article gifts of God to us. So uh, uh, you don't make something really Christian by throwing in God's name. 
No, no. If it, if it's delighting in the gifts God has given us, we can see Christian value and benefit in that. The 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 beautiful painting of water lilies is a a first article gift, even though you don't have you don't have to put like a little Jesus crucifix floating on one of the water lilies to make it pious. <laughs> and and at least on the watermark, right? <laughs> have a cross in your signature. No, um, no, that that that's not the point. And moreover, um, frankly, a lot of the stuff that purports to be Christian has nothing to do with Christ. I mean, if if you just have someone singing a song about heartache, all right, that's great, fine. You can talk about heartache, and and we can we can approach heartache as Christians. I I, I like rock music, and a lot of it's about heartbreak. That mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. However, a lot of contemporary Christian, and I'm going to do Christian with air quotes. Behold my air quotes. Um, <laughs> I can vouch. They're there. A- a- actually, is full of false doctrine, and, and it's, it's songs that are inaccurate about God. So frankly, just, just to think, oh, well, well, I'm listening to the Christian station. This makes it good. Well, no, it means they're going to be talking explicitly and expressly about God and they can be quite. They can be just as apt to get into foolish nonsense and and things that are flat out wrong as regular pop music. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, the, the, if you dig on on the Christian artists, go for it. But but listen with an ear to see whether or not what they're saying is scripturally true. Just as if you if you dig on the top forty. Okay, but listen with an ear to say, what are they praising? What are they doing? Because not everything that is sung, whether on the Christian radio or on the non-Christian radio, is good and proper and God-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Does that work? Definitely. Yeah, see, I, and I thought you might give give a brief nod to that meme that goes around about Hank Hill from the King of the Hill. Of, what's this say? <laughs> something about, you're not making Christianity better, you're just making rock and roll worse or something. Well, this is one where, where a lot of times I... This is my own personal opinion. Uh-huh. I don't listen to a lot of the Christian music because it tends to be one. If I hear false doctrine, I, I, it just annoys me. Yeah. And two, I tend to like a lot of impressionistic language. That that's what I like. Mm-hmm. So I well, okay. An old Christian song that I like is "Flood" by Jars of Clay. Good one. It it's. And it's impressionistic language. It, it, it's it's dealing with stuff, but applying it. And mm-hmm. you get that in and you get that in a lot of U two songs. You get wonderful allusions to Christ in U two songs. True. I was there when they crucified. Well, that love came to town, which is a BB King song. So you, you can have the allusions without being bald faced and just because if you're going to be bald faced, then I then I actually have to listen to everything that you're saying, and a lot of times it's going to be lousy. Gotcha. So, so, so in some ways, uh, nice to be able to have the the hymnody in the service to kind of give us that that musical uh, uh, slant, tangent, tact, something like that. Well, and well, and even with hymns, you can be critical of them. What are they saying? How are they saying? There, there's a reason why we in the Missouri Senate. For those of you who are listening and remember or attend a Missouri Senate congregation, the the standard is that we use synodically approved hymns mm-hmm. that, that 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 we acknowledge that there's a lot of hymns that are lousy and we probably shouldn't sing them because they're <laughs> rife with false doctrine that that's why we have anything these by hillsong <laughs> anything Which by one? hillsong basically <laughs> something like that so but 
There. Yeah, there, there's a reason we don't sing. I've decided to give my heart to Jesus on on <laughs> Sundays. That, that that's theologically inaccurate, so we don't sing it. So so again, whatever you listen to, listen to it with discernment and see whether or not it is in accord with with what the scriptures teach. With what the scriptures teach is good and profitable. In one of the wonderful things, last note I'll make on this, and I, I suppose we can move on. We might have beaten this up, but. Um, I really like about the Lutheran hymnals is in general, you'll find scriptural references down at the bottom for allusions and different things that are made within the hymns. It's always nice to be able to pick out something. Hey, I think I know what they're talking about. Oh yeah. There's, there's Philippians too. Yep. Sure enough. I, I, I called it. You can, yep, you can that, cross reference. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. So awesome. All right. Okay. Well, should we get back to an actual scriptural song? Yeah. Let us by all yeah, means. All right. All right. So we're, we're restarting again at what? Verse 19. That's the one. Yeah. All right, let's go on. The kings came, they fought, they fought the kings of Canaan at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They got no spoils of silver. From heaven, the stars fought. From their courses, they fought against Sisera. The torrent Kishon swept them away. Uh, the ancient torrent, the torrent Kishon. March on, my soul, with might. Then loud beat the horse's hooves with the galloping, galloping of his steeds. Curse Miraz, says the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants thoroughly, because they did not come to help uh, to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Most, you want to stop there? Well, keep going, keep going. All right. Uh, let's see. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. She brought him curds in a noble's bowl. She sent her hand. Uh, she sent her hand. Yeah, to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. Between her feet, he sank, he fell, he lay still. Between her fink, uh, feet, <laughs> he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead. <laughs> now, now you're laughing at that, Thomas. Why are you laughing at that? It's, it's musically, I'm sure it, it probably sounds awesome, actually, as maybe a bridge or something, but... Um, but just as I read it, it's very repetitive, and it it certainly conveys the point that he sank. The point he fell. <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, and, and yes, dead was the was the outcome. Yes. So what you have is you have the the musical recovery of the battle or recounting of the battle, and, and yeah, there were folks who didn't help. But look, we we still got stuff. We still got our armies. The the the, the enemies came up thinking to get plunder. What did they get? No, they didn't get any plunder. They yep. got death, man. <laughs> and, and 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 then you have the 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 king, the the general Sisera getting killed by Jael. Who and, and it is just kind. Of, there is a little bit of taunting to the way that goes. Yeah, she grabbed a tent peg and a workman's mallet, and yeah, you got killed by a woman. Yeah, you're 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 in between her legs and you're sinking down and falling. So yeah, you got killed by a woman. <laughs> neener, neener, neener. <laughs> so I, I, part part of the the victory songs are to be a little bit of a taunt to the enemy. They're meant to be intimidating. Um, an example of that, if you see the any of the uh, the Maori warriors from New Zealand, where they do the the I can't think of what the name of their I just lost the name of the. the the dance, but it's a song and a shout that's meant to intimidate by saying, "This is what has happened in the past, and guess what's going to happen to you." Ha, nice. ha, ha. So, so yeah, there there's some there's some good talking a smack here. Yeah, e, e, even the gals who live in the tents can kill your general. So, don't mess with us because the Lord is with us. Nice. All right. All right. 
Verse 28 then. Out of the window she peered. The mother of Sisera wailed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest princesses answer. Indeed, she answers herself. Have they not found and divided the spoil? A womb or two for every man. Spoil of dyed materials for Sisera. Spoil of dyed materials embroidered. Two pieces of dyed work embroidered for the neck as spoil. So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. But your friends be like the sun as he rises in his might. And the land had rest for 40 years. Now that's some cold, cold-blooded stuff. Oh, yeah. She gets to that <laughs> image of, of, oh, and there's Sister's mom waiting for him to come home. And, and when people ask, why is he taking so long? Oh, he's just probably raping Israelite women now. And, and I mean, you know, boys want to take their time when they're victor, <laughs> victorious. So, so the comfort that she has is, oh, well, maybe he's defiling the women of Israel. Oh, okay. That. And yeah, bring yeah. me back there, some nice, nice bling, nice clothes. Uh, I'll view it like a shopping trip. Oh, there's my hope <laughs> that he that he can go rape and plunder people. Yay! And yeah, no, no, no. It's better this way. He's just dead between a woman's feet. Nah, not doing anything else between a woman's feet. Just lying there dead. Yep. There you go. Sounds Enjoy. Right. Proud of your son. He's a he, he's dead. He was scum. We God laid him down. He got his yeah. dyed materials yeah. laid right over him right before she whacked him with that tin peg. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he went to a woman's bed, all right. Snicker, snicker, snicker. <laughs> so, I, I mean, the, the, now I, I will ask you this, Thomas. Uh, reading this, were you expecting a song of triumph to be so derisive, so, so neener, neener, neener sort of approach? You know, going into it, not having recalled the, the details from having read it previously, no, not really. We're, we're we're often used to to having a a, a hyper pious oh yay the, we'll, we'll just sing no 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 they're dealing life and death they, they went from yesterday we would be killed to today we're alive and God has given us victory there is full emotion full joy full mirth full all of that and so yeah th- this is stuff that really happened and so. They're they're delighting, so sounds yeah. Well, let's sing that one on Sunday. That'll be fun. Yay! <laughs> we need more good hymns about prevented rape and pillage. Yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. So, so so that's the song of Deborah and Barack. I love it. And then it's after got a good that, beat. the land has rest for forty years too. So that's good. That's a good outcome. Let's say got a good beat. You can dance to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. But let's go take another break and then and then we'll we'll move from our high to another low. Good. And we are back on the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we are now getting ready to dive into Judges 6, where we'll start to deal with one of the judges you probably have heard of. So we'll, we'll get there. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. May, maybe even been handed a Bible in honor of his name or named in honor of him. That's all true. right. So, all right. Shall we dive on in? Let's do scroll down right. here, get my text in front of me, and verse 1, chapter 6. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. All right. So once again, we're, we're setting up the same old pattern. Israel does well, and then they forget, and they fall into trouble. And and then we have Midian. Who is Midian, or who are the Midianites? Mm. Mm. I don't I don't really remember. 
at all. The Midianites were the descendants of Abraham through his second wife. Oh, okay, okay. So, That's so right. their their kin, uh, Midianite traders, are the one who pick up Joseph and take him to Egypt. And uh, say, uh, who did uh, Moses marry? A Midianite girl. Okay, yeah. So I mean, the, these are are distant but near kinfolk. Okay. So they're they're folks right. who should know better too. And and so, but anyway, the Midianites start going off. They they start oppressing folks. So gotcha. Bad How do they do this? We'll find out. All right, verse two. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land, as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance in Israel, and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locusts in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they laid waste to the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried out for, uh, for help to the Lord. All right, if you want to think about this, this almost is like, oh, it's a classic setup for almost all your old westerns where you've mm-hmm. got the, the powerful people who ride on into town and and take all the things that the people have worked hard for and leave them nothing. So what you have here is basically, again, you, you, you were up in the mountains and you have to come down to the plain to plant, but then you're not protected and the other people coming in because you haven't really cleared things out. You don't have barriers, you don't have buffers, and things go badly. Repeat, repeat, repeat every year. Okay, I raise my field and they take pretty much all of it and now we starve. Yay. So, so then we're going to get definitely like a, a lone stranger riding in from out of town to whoop up bum, on or bum, 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 will, bum. will God select Man. someone from among the Israelite number? Hmm. Right, right. Uh, let's go. For, I, I think you know the answer, Thomas. <laughs> Carry on. All right. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites... The Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Thomas, what is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods in my face. And what does this mean? Uh, well, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things, if you want the catechetical answer. Right. And if, if you would and, like to broaden upon that, you certainly can. <laughs> and so know what the prophet does. Look, look, this is the God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. You don't need to fear the Amorites. You don't need to fear the Midianites. You haven't obeyed God. The one that you should be fearing is not these little folks here, but but you should be fearing the Lord and listening to him, doing what he has said. You should not fear those who can kill the body, but those who can kill the body and soul for all eternity. That's the point. So, so you do have a call to repentance, but even that call to repentance is couched in terms of remember who God is. God is not the guy who says, ah, yes, I, I'm your God and you've repented. Aha, now I will smite you. No, no, God <laughs> digs delivering you. You should listen to him because that's what he likes to do. That That's our whole 
reason that we're here. That's the whole way the Exodus worked. So, so yeah, repent, God will deliver. Excellent. You see that kind of that there there is that that good centrality, that good grounding in the gospel, the message of deliverance. Definitely. All right, shall we hit verse eleven? Unless you've got other questions. I don't, not yet anymore. All right, let's move on. All right, the call of our hero. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belongs to Joash, the Abizrite, uh, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Now, very quickly, uh, when we hear angel of the Lord, what is that? Uh, Many would take that uh, as the pre-incarnate Christ. Certainly it was the angel who led the people out of Israel. It was the one who showed up in the burning bush. It was the one who ostensibly stood before uh, Joshua about as they were about to take the land. And it's the same who stands here. And uh, yeah. The, you, when you see the angel of the Lord with, with the definite article, with the the, mm-hmm. that, that is generally, almost always referring to Christ. Mm-hmm before his incarnation in the Old Testament. So Jesus comes along, and and he sits down underneath the tree, and, and there we have Gideon. And what is Gideon doing? Beating He's out beating out wheat. wheat in the wine press. Now, now, again, if you want to be super happy and cool, uh, Thomas, do we have something today that involves the Lord coming with wheat and wine? Oh, yeah, we do. It's called the Lord's Supper. Now, I don't think that's necessarily the point, but that's a happy illusion or inference I will make. So, so yeah, but anyway, anyway, it, it's not the point, but but the main point is, look, look, he's at the wine press because it's not the time for the grape harvest, so he knows no one's going to be bothering stuff at the wine press, and he's smuggled up some, some wheat, so he's trying to get some grain so he can actually eat something and not die. So this is not a happy situation. This is a desperate time, and, and Jesus saunters on in. Okay. Ooh, we do have a mysterious stranger coming to town. <laughs> All right, but carry on, carry on. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Now, quick, quick pause there. He's beating out wheat in a wine press. Why is he val? Is this a little bit of tongue in cheek here? Or is this, is God calling something what it will be? Calling something what it is. The word speaks and it is, that is what it becomes. Because Excellent. Gideon is the mighty man of valor. He just doesn't know it yet. (laughs) Cool. And Gideon said to him, Please, my lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And here, too, there's, he's like, well, see, I, I hear all these great stories about God and, and, and the Lord did this and the Lord did that, but here I am trying to thresh in this wine press. And it's, it's not going so well because you're supposed to do this on a hill and I'm not because it's a wine press. And right. God, really? Really? You gonna? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? This isn't how I feared it would go. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we get verse 14. Yeah. Which is profound. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said, no, no, okay. no, no, who turns? The Lord, the, uh-huh. the angel, the Lord, the Lord turns. So yeah, this, this is Jesus, man. That, that, that's who this is. All yep. right. Okay. Now carry on. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? 
Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, If, I have, if, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it, it is you who uh, speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. Now, two things really go on there. One, you have that that movement of God once again choosing the weak to defeat the strong. Mm-hmm. The, the divine turnaround, that is the essence of what God loves to do. Why is he going to use Gideon instead of one of the stronger guys from a stronger tribe? Gideon is going to know it's the Lord who is accomplishing this through him. Mm -hmm, The mm -hmm. valor is not a matter of, I'm awesome in and of myself. But no, God has made me to be this man of valor that is doing his work, not mine. Excellent. Okay. And then Gideon does put two and two together. It's like, okay, um, I I will want a sign because I am kind of fearful. But I totally get that you're God, so let me come and get my 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 stuff to worship and stuff. So so d- don't go anywhere because, yeah, I'm in the presence of God. I, I really ought to have this stuff set up for worship and and offering and all that stuff. So so can you just hang out here for a moment, okay? Don't don't <laughs> go anywhere because, yeah, we've already ticked off God enough by not worshiping rightly. Let let me worst least worship rightly right now and don't <laughs> smite me by sending me into battle and getting me killed. Sounds good. So, it's very pragmatic. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket, and the broth he put in a pot, and brought them to him under the terebinth and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cakes, and put them on this rock, and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff that was in his hand, and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. So again, okay, you brought stuff out. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you. No, actually, I actually I think I want a burnt offering today. Touch. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that again, this is one of those really kind of, I'd say it's a cool moment, but what does Gideon think it is? Read on. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it still stands at Ophrah, it belongs, uh, which belongs to the Abizrites. Now, so again, you, you have that, that even as Gideon is being prepped for war, being in the presence of God, he falls down, he is fearful, and yet when he is delivered, he says, the Lord is peace. Again, the whole point of the, the game is to, to God will give God will give peace. The Lord will give shalom. Christ risen from the dead will say, peace be with you. So again, we're, there's this great focus on love, mercy, forgiveness, even as Gideon's getting set to go to war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Read through 27, and that'll be, I think, where a a good pausing point for the day is. Sounds good. That night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull, and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here, with stones laid in due order. 
Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you cut down. So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. Brave Sir Robin ran away. Well, okay, not quite. <laughs> Mighty but, warrior. But, but okay, so so the first thing we're going to do here, Gideon, is we're going to get our own house in order and we're going to start worshiping rightly. No other gods in my face. So since I have been here, let's get rid of the altar to Baal. Let's get rid of the Asherah pole. We're going to get rid of those and we're going to start reestablishing right and proper worship. Um, why is Gideon afraid of folks in the town and his family finding out? Well, it, there's risk of violence. I mean, he's doing what amounts to some kind of property damage, and uh, of course, people are going to be insulted as well. Not, not just well, more than just the insult. The the reason we had the Asherah pole and the temple and the the altar to Baal is because that's what we wanted to be worshiping, mm-hmm. which is part of the problem. So, so you do see this uh, giant lack of faithfulness demonstrated. Definitely. And well, yeah. Why why is God letting all this stuff happen to us? Well. Yeah, look at your altars. What gods do you want having here in your presence to protect you? Well, what do you think's going to happen? So it just kind of all wraps up. And and so from there, we, we, we're we going to get the beginnings of Gideon, who starts off kind of fearfully and confused, and we'll see what the Lord will bring about through him next time. Mwah. Sounds good. Sounds good? All right. Well, okay, I guess we should say something cool to leave. Yeah, well, how do we hey, everyone, up? Ha- have a great week, and, and don't follow any Asherah poles or something. All right. There you go. Have a great week. That was a lousy ending. Ah, well.